at its core though, um, certainly this book is, um, it, because of her diagnosis, you know, touches on Alzheimer's and dementia. It also touches on, you know, the mother daughter relationship, but really when I think about it, um, you know, I think all of us are living inside of, of, of systems and relationships and ways of being that are in a state of collapse or crumble or disappearance. And I think we're all having a reckoning with who are we in the midst of that and what will hold us if those things that we thought were going to hold us are no longer. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds. And the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boye, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to welcome Steph Jagger this week. She's the author of a brand new book, Everything Left to Remember, My Mother, Our Memories, and a Journey Through the Rocky Mountains. This is what Steph has to say about her book in her own words. I wrote another book. It is a story about mothers and daughters, a book about nature and memory and loss of all kinds. It's about transforming our pain into something much larger. This is a book about love. Six years ago, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. 11 months after her diagnosis, the two of us went on a road trip through a handful of national parks, revisiting the memories and the mountains that made us who we are. I was gifted a digital copy of this book that I could read ahead of time, and I couldn't put it down. I will say that I would much prefer having a hardcover of this book because it is a page turner. Steph's writing is absolutely incredible. And what I love about her story is she really brings you into the story. Now we have a beautiful conversation about how this book came to be. She shares with us what it means to write from a feminine energy, which is really interesting and a very different way to look at writing. She shares how she used the video of the trip to help her remember and in the writing of the book, and also around the messaging of why taking this trip now was so critically important. There are a few moderate book spoilers in the podcast episode, but what I'll say is the bits that we do talk about make you want to read the book even more. So you can find everything left to remember at all your favorite booksellers. In fact, you can pre-order right now from your local indie bookseller through Steph's website. Her website is stephjagger.com and I'll leave a link directly to where you can pre-order the book in the show notes. Before we get into this wonderful interview with Steph, I wanted to invite you to join me over on Instagram. I've been sharing a daily gratitude reminder on Instagram for almost 100 days now. So if you like getting something positive, inspiring, and uplifting on your feed, I'd love for you to follow me. I'm at Julie C.M. Boyer, which is my last name, and that's spelled B-O-Y-E-R on Instagram. In fact, that's my handle on most social media. So if you're looking to connect, that's the easiest way to find me. I take some of my favorite gratitude words and put them on the images that I capture at sunrise. You might not know this about me, but I love doing landscape photography, especially capturing photos of the sunrise here on Vancouver Island. This way I get to share my photos with you and my favorite ways to express gratitude. I hope to see you over on Instagram. 
Okay, friends, let's dive right into this episode with Steph Jagger, author of the upcoming Everything Left to Remember, My Mother, Our Memories, and A Journey Through the Rocky Mountains. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I am so, so grateful and honored to have a very special guest and a good friend, Steph Jagger, here with me. Hello, Steph. Hi, Julie. I feel like this is like reunion time because we've been able to speak in the past on this beautiful podcast. I'm just so honored and thrilled to be back. Oh, I'm so excited. And you know, Steph and I have this great connection. She is a sought after mentor and coach whose offerings guide people through deeper understanding of themselves and their stories. She is an incredible storyteller. Her work, which includes speaking and facilitating, lies at the intersection of loss, the nature of deep remembrance, and a personal journey of recreation. And that is, you know, really that that remembrance is is so critical in this new book that is launching imminently everything left to remember. And I know this has been quoted many times, but as Steph says in her own words, it was a trip my mother will never remember and a journey I'll never forget. So my friend, before we go into this interview though, I would like to take a moment to pause and to give thanks for the land on which I reside as an uninvited guest. I am here on the traditional territory of this Nanaimo people, which is now called Nanaimo, and this is unceded territory. So I honor this land, and I I start in this way because in your book, you also honor the land in so many beautiful ways, and I just wanted to bring that into what we're sharing today. So I just, I'll pass it over to you if you want to share as well before we start. Yeah, I mean, I'm just south of you, right? So still Coast Salish um, territory, um, but I am on the land of the Suquamish people, uh, the people of the Clearwater. And um, it's a it's a beautiful place to reside. And I feel really, really grateful to be, um, you know, grounded and nurtured in this place. Yeah. yeah. I see that outside of your window. I see the tree and the nature. And that that really is how your writing is grounded. Now, I would love it if in your own words, because it'll sound better coming from you, just give us a little bit of, you know, what this book and this journey is about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the backbone of it in a, in a very literal and tangible sense was, um, in 2015, my mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and about 11 months after that, um, the two of us went on a road trip. We, we drove through a handful of different national parks through the Rocky mountains, mostly Montana and Wyoming. And, and that provides, you know, the, the backbone of the journey that we went on. And so there's a lot of writing about, you know, the chronology of just that journey at its core though. Um, certainly this book is, um, it, because of her diagnosis, you know, touches on Alzheimer's and dementia. It also touches on, you know, the mother daughter relationship, but really when I think about it, um, you know, I think all of us are living inside of, of, of systems and relationships and ways of being that are in a state of collapse or crumble or disappearance. And I think we're all having a reckoning with 
who are we in the midst of that? And what will hold us if those things that we thought were going to hold us are no longer? And so in a much, much broader sense, that is what the book is about. Who will hold us now? And and, and really to me, the answer is us. Like, how do we do that? And how do we allow nature to assist us in that process? Yeah, this book, there's a a real rawness to it. There's a real Mm. like, oh, like I'm feeling your pain. So not, Mm. not living this myself, you know, not having a parent or relative with Alzheimer's dementia myself, although that is unfortunately far too common now. But I thought at the beginning, you know, I had the such an honor to, to read this book ahead of time through my phone, which I will just mention that there's something really, when you have a book that you just want to keep reading, reading it on your phone is very hard because you can't turn the pages very quickly. So I will recommend that people you know, maybe not get the Kindle of this one, get the book. And I, that is like your last book, you know, Unbound, which I had you on the podcast to share some of that story. I read that in hardcover. I read it several times because that is how your writing feels. You know, it just feels like, to me, it feels like you're at the intersection of nonfiction and fiction in this place where, mm-hmm. you know, the story comes from reality. But on the other hand, the way that you write and you describe and you bring us into that world, you're like, am I in a really good fiction where I've lost myself in this story? That's how I feel your writing is. And that's what I felt while I was reading this book. I'm not sure if you've heard that kind of description of your writing before, but that's what it was like for me. No, I, I haven't. I'm, I'm sitting here um, just in in such gratitude because I haven't heard that description. And as soon as you said that, you know, it it makes a lot of sense to me because, of course, I'm looking at my life and and what is you know tangibly present. But I'm also a person who is always looking for for the undercurrents of what we can see as the current on the top. And so that often takes me into, I mean, everything is my life and the truth, but it often takes me into a sense of mythology or a sense of of, of dreams. Certainly there's a lot of dreams that that are woven into this book. Um, And so it it does make a lot of sense to me that the articulation of that, that it sits kind of on the border of, of fiction and nonfiction in that it is all real. It is all true. It is all from my life, but I really believe that, you know, as we make meaning in our lives, as we attempt to make meaning of things, it often requires us to go to the kind of not obvious places that that might feel like otherworldly almost. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. And it's also this like examination of things in ways that we don't see that I had never noticed before. And the way that you, your language speaks in a way that it's just, it does feel like you're in a different place in a different world. But at the same time, I can be standing there, you know, in Yellowstone National Park with you and really feel what that landscape is like and really feel those images just vibrant in front of me, but in a way that is anchored in your story, 
And also this real talent you have for storytelling that I think is your, is your true gift Mm -hmm. is this ability to tell a story that just brings us the reader in. And, you know, when I first started the book, I was like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I, this seems so far beyond me, right? I'm estranged from my own mother. I don't have any, like, I have no connection to anybody who's dealt with Alzheimer's dementia. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't know that story at all. I was like, what am I really going to like get into this story? And then there was a point where it was like, I am so in this and Mm -hmm. I I don't want to stop reading it. So that's what really speaks to me about your writing is this, this place where you bring someone. Cause I think, you know, I think sometimes as readers, we're like, well, I have to connect with the characters in order to be able to understand the story, especially if it's autobiographical. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I, I've, I've had that feedback on multiple different occasions, either like, oh, I was skeptical to read because I don't have, you know, degenerative disease in my family or, you know, I'm, I'm a son and not a daughter. And so what will I pick up from that? And, and, and almost kind of across the board, there's been a, a resonance with a deeper thread of the book. And, and, and I, you know, you also mentioned language, you know, the specific language that I use. And I, I think this was a really, um, this has been an exploration, certainly for me, um, personally, also as a storyteller and, and really more specifically as a writer, was to get very, very intentional about using what I would call feminine, um, speaking from the feminine language and the feminine storytelling landscape. And, and that, to me, how I would describe that is, you know, first of all, we're not very used to that. Most books, stories, narratives, fiction, academia, certainly, you know, often come from a masculine narration or are at least written in masculine energy. And so for me, what I mean by that is like, I was really trying to pull the story and the language I was using from my body, if that makes sense, as opposed to from my mind, from my ability to recollect something in a linear chronological, here's the story, this is what happened, here's what how I made sense of it. And instead tried to kind of pull, you know, from the landscape of my own, um, my own body or my own lineage to, to see what was there. And I, and, and that, that was, you know, both an intentional decision as well as, you know, in some ways experimental because, you know, this is learning for all of us. Yeah. You can see that I loved your first book so much. So to get into the second book and and see how your writing has, the depth of your writing has really changed and grown is this comment to, you know, going into your body and and your heart coming, I mean, your heart comes out on the page all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm curious um, because I'm imagining that you didn't go into the trip thinking, I'm going to write a memoir about this, but did you... I'm guessing you're a journaler, like you had a journal with you, you took notes. How did that, like, what was your process during the actual trip to remember it? Yeah. In a way that's beyond just the photos, right? Yeah. Yeah. I certainly took photos. Um, I also took video. I I often, because I knew you know, this was going to be a really unique trip in that she wouldn't remember it and nobody else was on it with us. And so there was actually a lot of times where I would just set up like a GoPro video on a picnic table and just press play. And then we just, and just because I wanted to have the memories of it or same thing, like on the dash of the car, I quite often would have a video. So I actually have a lot of video footage And that was helpful to rely upon later down the road for, you know, conversation and various different things that happened. 
Um, no, I did not go into the trip no. thinking I yeah. would, I would write a memoir about it. I, I knew I would write because that's, that's how I process things. That's how I make sense of things and, and create meaning and understanding in my life. Um, but I thought it was going to be, you know, just personal journaling, maybe a snippet or here put into newsletters or very, you know, various different things like how I normally kind of share in the world. Um, But when we were, it happened very quickly when we were on the plane home um, from Montana to British Columbia, I found myself furiously taking notes in my, in the app on my phone and, and, Partway through that process, I mean, I just was typing madly and I just, I don't know, something struck me on that plane, this, oh my gosh, this, this is probably bigger than I think it is. And, and it, it probably, you know, if I feel an experience in my life is kind of beyond me, yes, there was me in the trip with my mom. Yes, there are things for me as, as the daughter of this woman to digest and process, but when I get a sense that there's something kind of bigger than that happening, which is what was occurring to me when I was typing notes, then I am often struck with, I think this is a book. Um, and so it happened very quickly. So interesting. You know, I really, some of my own thoughts that came up as I'm reading, first of all, I was like, good for you for taking for for taking the time to make this trip Mm. and without meaning to sound trite but how many of us are not taking the trip so you had a deadline in place because your mom being diagnosed Mm -hmm. with early onset alzheimer's you knew that you actually had a deadline but we all have a deadline right there's no nobody is guaranteed you know that's really about this whole wake up with gratitude theme of the way that i live my life is that tomorrow is not promised and so you decided you took this trip because of a deadline but you also could have not taken it because that's i'm sure right. there are many people for i mean for a number of reasons there is definitely a privilege of being able to do this kind of thing absolutely of right but on the other hand you know, you're busy, you're writing, you've got to, you're not, you know, you could have, you could have put it off for another year and it would have not even been possible, which is so much in so many of our lives. So do you remember why you said this trip now? Yeah, I had actually just come home from Montana from a ski trip and quite literally my bags were still at the front door of the house. And I, you know, I just had a long day of travel and I dropped my bags and I kind of went immediately to have a shower to like shower off the travel, you know? And, and as I was in the shower, there was a, there was a, an I, you know, it just kind of came like a bolt out of the blue. You're supposed to go back. And I thought, well, that's weird because I don't normally go back. You know, I like to explore new places. So I don't normally go back to places that I've traveled, but it seemed so insistent. And, and I kind of thought, you know, do I, am I supposed to go with somebody? And again, almost immediately, it was like a voice answered, like, you're supposed to go with your mother. And I was like, well, that's kind of ridiculous um, because we've never really traveled together. Like, what you know, is it a ski trip? I, I wasn't quite sure. And I got out of the shower and I was still wet. And I walked into my husband's office and I was like, I think I'm supposed to go back to Yellowstone with my mom. And he was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is, you know, and it just... It, I just felt it in my body. And so I put my clothes on and immediately phoned. It, there was just a momentum. Like I, it was a compelling 
um, calling almost. Um, and, and I think, you know, you know, me. we've had conversations before and you know me well enough to know, you know, for me, one of the kind of, well, there's two things really on my bucket list. One is, am I listening to what I'm called to do? And two is, do I have the courage to say yes when I hear it? And so, you know, th- that was a really distinct calling. And I've spent a lot of time in my life discerning the difference between receiving a thought, like that kind of bolt out of the blue and thinking a thought, which is usually analytical or we, we brush it away or we try and make sense of it or, you know, those types of things. And I try to follow the thoughts I receive because I think they, they come kind of more holistically. Um, so, so that was that. And, and again, you know, I, I agree with you. I think we have to learn to say yes to those things. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. And, and I do, I, I, you know, you mentioned privilege, like there is, you know, I don't have children, for example. And so it's really easy or easier for me to clear a calendar. And I don't have to, I do have two dogs. I have to have people watch, but (laughs) I don't have to have, you know, there's, there's certain hurdles that, um, that don't exist for me that make it, um, easier for me to say yes to that. There's also been, you know, really intentional choices in my life to, to design my life that way so that I can say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I so much acknowledge and respect that, that you did say yes, because you took a gift that was really for yourself, right? Like you said, no mm-hmm. one else was witness. And there was a really cool moment where um, your mom's sister came for a yeah. short visit, which was awesome. Um, I loved that bit of the the story mm-hmm. as well, but really you were, you were witness, you were bearing witness to this last trip of your mom's, which again, many of us have a last trip with someone that we we aren't bearing, we're not bearing witness to it because we're not actually in the moment. And, you know, I wondered a lot about, because you, I know you dealt with some difficult emotions, some anger, some frustration during this trip. I'm wondering about where in this trip, where during this time, were you finding those moments of gratitude? Kind of knowing the theme around the trip, you know, where were those moments of gratitude? We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness. And of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you 
And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. Oh, as as soon as you asked that question, there's so many that just flood into my memory. Um, You know, I have really distinct memories of my mom when she woke up in the tent each morning, just like curled into her little magenta sleeping bag and just turning and being like, it's so cozy in here. It's so warm. She was smiling. She's so happy to be cozied up in a, you know, warm sleeping bag, you know, things like that. Um, There's, you know, they're all actually, as I, as I kind of flip through them in my head, they're all very ordinary moments. You know, there would be times where I would make, um, where I would, you know, turn on the jet boil and boil water and make oatmeal. And she was fascinated, fascinated, like just overcome with, with the jet boil. Like I remember, you know, when my aunt did arrive to visit, she, she went, she turned to me and she's like, wait, now watch this, you know, watch her do this. This is amazing. She has like a stove right here. (laughs) And so, you know, they're, they're just really ordinary moments like that. Um, that, that fill me with just an immense sense of gratitude. None of them are the grand, you know, grand moments of the trip. It's all those kind of quiet every day, you know, thinking about the way my mom's hand wrapped around a, a mug of warm oatmeal. Um, you know, those are the moments that I have the most gratitude for. I love that you bring that up, that it's in the littler moments, in the smaller bits that we can find a tremendous amount of gratitude. And I think you know, as I, I expand and explore my own gratitude practice, having been doing this work for a number of years now in the podcast in its third year and learning from other people around gratitude and getting away from, you know, a listicle and inventory approach to gratitude. And if this is someone's first experience with the podcast or with gratitude, I think that's a great way to start. And at the same time, this noticing of gratitude in a little moment I mean, it is a miracle that you're in the middle of nowhere and you have a little stove and you can make your coffee. Yeah. yeah. Like how, right. We take for granted that at home, we got the coffee pot or the, the one cup the you know, and we just make the coffee and the water's there and it's super easy. So there is like, there is this moment of gratitude in the tiniest little bits. And I think that's what allows us to be centered in the present and because your mom was often just finding, finding herself in the present, right? There wasn't, there was just a moment of clarity and then she was in the present and discovering things for the first time. I guess how you would, you can see that from a perspective of gratitude sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an evolution, at least it's been my experience and evolution in, in my journey with gratitude. I think at the very beginning of when I started to focus on gratitude in my own life. It it was exactly what you said. Like it would be a mental looking back on the day and a thinking through of, you know, what were highlights or what do I think I'm grateful for? And then that's a really important part of the process. And certainly was for me. And I think where I am today and those moments that I mentioned on the trip, it's actually the gratitude is rooted in a feeling or a sensation in my body that as I reflect back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, something something softened, something loosened, something, you know, gasped in awe, something felt warm. My belly felt, you know, soft or round, you know, it just, there's a, there's a specific feeling or sensation in my body that is telling me this is beautiful, you know, as opposed to my mind 
or a listicle, as you said, like kind of saying like, that's beautiful. Cause I've been told that that's beautiful and that's supposed to be beautiful and like tick. And again, that's not to say those aren't important. That was a really foundational practice at the very beginning of my journey. And, and I think there's just been a shift for me to a more physical sense of gratitude a somatic experienced sense of gratitude. And I think that's where that real ordinariness comes in because, you know, we can have that with, you know, the, the taste of the tiniest sliver of chocolate. And th- this actually goes also to the, to the topic of privilege. Like it doesn't need, to, it didn't need to be a grand, you know, adventure to have the moment of oatmeal in a cup. Right. You know? Yeah. You right in this moment, I had a flash of the, the picture of your mom on the bench <laughs> in front of the geyser. Right. Yeah. yeah. That to me yeah. is the moment of gratitude. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause your mom just was there like present because where else could present. she be present? You know, I don't know what it is about that moment and that image, you know, for me was an extraordinarily powerful moment, but, you know, on the journey itself, yeah. you know, became even more powerful as I was reflecting upon it and writing about it. And, and it seems to be something that is brought up to me quite a bit that moment with your mom. And I, I don't know, there, there is something very striking about everyone else having disappeared and her remaining to, you know, yeah, where, where there is still beauty here, yeah. you know, and where else shall I be other than in front of this beauty? Yeah. And, and it's, I don't know, that is, that was a really, one of my favorite, favorite moments of the trip was, was seeing her sitting there like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's just, there is, I mean, every moment is magical if we choose to find it. And that there's a lot of, you, I sense your anger I and mean, you work through your anger in the story. And that's important because all yeah. emotions yeah. count. Yeah. All emotions are valid. And at the same time, this ability to find this gratitude just in the, the smaller moments is what helps this thread throughout of our, our day to really shift our outlook on life. And I, you know, I asked you at the beginning before we started recording, I said, you know, how are you? You said, I'm all of the things. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the truth, right? Yeah. I mean, I, as I, as I reflect back on the description of gratitude as being, you know, so grounded in my body now and such a somatic experience, I couldn't have gotten to that place of being able to access the feeling of gratitude in my body if I hadn't excavated and also felt um, grief, anger, rage, frustration, sadness, you know, all of these different things. And so I think when we cut ourselves off from feeling, you know, one side of emotions, if we want to call that the quote unquote negative side or place that feels more uncomfortable for many of us, we are also typically cutting off our ability to feel and access the other side as well. And so that ends up putting us inside of a kind of a constricted box that usually is something like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. And, and I think the more that we can expand from that place, you know, to feel kind of all of the different edges of our emotions and really, you know, emotions to me, it's, it's emotions. It just stands for energy and motion. And there's, there's not a good or bad or anything. It's just, there is a, there is energy and motion in my body and I have labeled it something. Um, and, and some of it feels really uncomfortable to me. So instead of letting it move and process, I, I, 
I stop it or I create a narrative or whatever. And so there's been a lot of learning for me around, you know, just noticing when energy is moving in my body and allowing it to. Um, and that's again, you know, allowed me to ground into a gratitude practice that is, that feels to me very embodied. What you said there about it being work is so we can't miss that part, yeah. right? We can't miss that the work is done on both ends of the spectrum. You know, I truly believe grief and gratitude can live in the same house. Just because you're grieving doesn't mean you can't find gratitude. And just because you're in gratitude doesn't mean you're experiencing, you're not experiencing grief. So the two, yeah, they can live in the same house. Uh, would it be all right, Steph, if I read just a small bit of your of course, book that of really... This is a point in the book where I was like, I saw myself in your story or in your mm. mom's story, actually. Mm, of course, okay. I'd be honored. Okay. Something happens when she's close to the water. Her undercurrent shifts. The steady hum of worry that runs in her background subtly subsides. I feel her energy, her whole self melt into a more fluid and natural calm. Whenever she looks out over the ocean or at a rippling lake, or a large rushing river. It's like a missing piece of her comes home. Some unnameable part of her sort of slips back into place. Mm. Oh, I like felt that in my body. Mm -hmm. I felt mm -hmm. myself when I stand in front of the ocean and how I feel. And for you to bring words to something that I personally felt, mm -hmm. it just, it was so powerful. And also mm -hmm. I felt it, um, in those words, I feel this homage to your mother, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, as you were losing her, you, you found this like really moment of honoring her. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there's something she's taught me a lot about um, fluidity and surrender. Um, and, and again, this kind of circles back a little bit to really beginning to root into a specific um, type of feminine energy, I think, um, which I, I, I just really associate in so many ways um, with water. And, and I also think, you know, the, the, life and death you know when when we come into this world you know water breaks in order for us to enter mm -hmm. and when we leave this world you know that the number of of tears shed you know as a you know it's, it's almost like we create the river for people that are leaving with our own tears to kind of go out on and and I, I don't know it just it became such an important part of this book and you know as a as a kid I didn't I mean, I, I knew, you know, she, she actually really didn't like to swim. She didn't love to be in the water, but anytime she was around it, just something inside of her changed. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, and I, and I loved that. And I think there was a lot for me to connect to, you know, when I, when I witnessed her in that space. Yeah. I feel that so much. I really need to live close to the water. Mm. I mean, I do, I love, I absolutely love where I live. And at the same time, you know, there is a part of me that at some point, if I can be within walking distance, you know, open my door, walk to the water, that is my ultimate dream. Because for me, 
much like I was reading about your mom, it really does shift the way that I, it just like brings me back to the earth. And for many people, it's the trees. You live in the trees. You are, I mean, I'm watching you now. There's a beautiful tree outside your window. You live in the trees. And so that's another thing that your book really does is it brings us back to nature in a way. The pictures that you paint with your words, it mm. not only does it put me in the place while I'm reading your book, it really makes me desperately, desperately want to see these places for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've mm. been on my list mm-hmm. and, you know, we've been through a couple years and of la- less travel for so many of us. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so for those that haven't had an opportunity to travel themselves, I mean, read the book, just for the nature and the beauty. I mean, let alone the beautiful messages of remembrance and everything else come on this journey with Chef Mm -hmm. and with her mom and just be in nature with them. So Mm -hmm. there's one more thing I really want to ask you about in your story that I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience sleeping in the teepee Mm. and that, that night there. Yeah, you know, I didn't actually sleep that well in the right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, we we yeah, we kind of stumbled upon this amazing place as we were driving out of Glacier National Park, and it and it was yeah. Anyway, long story short, it's all in the book. We kind of ended up on this um, on this land um, that that the the owners had these kind of teepees set up with fire pits in the middle, and it it it, it was all really guided it felt and you know the there's a couple of things that I really distinctly remember from from that experience one of which was just watching I mean we had been sleeping in a tent so it was you know okay watching my mom get into her little sleeping bag and fall asleep but there was something about having a fire in the center that was really so dreamy and beautiful and just amazing. And, you know, kind of the smoke floating up and moving out this, you know, the center kind of hole of the teepee. It was really gorgeous Um, for for me. And I think, you know, you've, you've read this. So you, you know, there was, there was a really deep connection made, you know, I got up in the middle of the night and, and, and left the teepee so as to like go out to the grass to go pee actually and I, it was very dark. It was Montana. And, and I just, it was a clear night. And at some point I looked up and just, it was so breathtaking, the, the stars. And, and that moment to me felt almost kaleidoscopic in nature in like, I, I was all of a sudden flooded with a whole bunch of different memories that suddenly all kind of like clicked things into place for me. And, and I, and and of course there were stars, there were constellations, and there's kind of a big storyline that moves through the book that has to do with that. But actually I was on a, I was on an author um, talk. I was listening to another author uh, with their book, Ruth Ozeki, and she used the, she used the word constellate. She used it as a verb. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, that's what happened to me in that moment is is there was a whole bunch of little puzzle pieces. And just in that moment, that night, staring up at that, you know, big sky, Montana in the night, it just, they clicked all together. They were, they linked up all together so that it was, you know, quite literally, you know, the story, I could see the constellation of events and what they all meant. And, 
And it was a really, really profound moment um, for me on the journey. Yeah, just something I'll never that that is like I I probably you know I have I don't have one, but I probably should get a tattoo of that of that of that moment. It was really powerful. Yeah. It, thank you for sharing. And also without too many, you know, spoilers of the story, right, which right. is important as well. I mean, even if you know a little bit about this, it doesn't, it's not going to spoil the book because the way, of course, you've written the story is different from the way you share it. Yeah. In the way you speak, which I think is important to acknowledge as well is what our spoken stories and our written stories are very different. Um, I had this great conversation. I had Kendra Hall uh, mm. on my podcast when her book launched. And we talked about how, you know, a story that is told orally versus a story that is written is, is different. And I, heard, I, want, I just wanted to hear it in your words a little yeah. bit more about that because that did really strike me. And, you know, that we often do forget to look up and just mm-hmm, notice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wherever we are. And I think that reminder of, you know, look around you and, you know, I mean, we're doing this, I'm, I'm on video, but I mean, we're, we're looking down at our phone all day long. We're just, we're looking down and just the moment of looking up and seeing this infinite sky, even if you're not in Montana and if, even if your city, just even like looking up and reminding that there's so much more out there. And I just was so taken by how you brought that story alive. So thank you for sharing a little yeah. intro to it. So we know people are going to get this book. So um, as we well, as we wrap up, I just wanted to check in because you do have um, through your website. So what is your website? Yeah. Yeah. So the website is stephjagger.com. Jagger is spelled like Mick Jagger and not um, Jagger, like Jagermeister. Um, so, so stephjagger.com and, and there's, you know, there's links, um, you know, across kind of Canada and the U S yeah. um, for purchase options, whether you like to shop local or whether you like to kind of go with big box, that type of stuff. Um, so there's links for that, you know, all on the specific book page on my site. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate that too, that you've been, you've made it easy for the reader to, if they want to support a local bookshop, you can just look and see what bookshops, I mean, it tells you even how far they are from your house. Like, I know, I know. Isn't that amazing? I know they have that both in Canada and the US now there's websites that you can, you know, you, you look up the book and it just, it tells you what the closest kind of India is to your, the independent bookstore is to your, um, to your location, which is just magic. (laughs) So good. So I do highly recommend people pick up the physical book, hold this book in your hands. You're going to be reading it too quickly to be, you know, kindling along. Like I appreciate for accessibility, the Kindle, and I like highlighting the notes, but I'm not one that's supposed to writing in a book. I I will write in a book. Okay. All right. Just to be clear. Uh, so, but you want your, your book, uh, in that, in your hands. So when is the official launch date? So pre-orders are open, uh, as this podcast is live and when's the official launch date? So the official launch date is April 26th, um, of this year. Yeah. And pre-orders are available now at, at any of those places that we've mentioned, um, and I'm hoping we're, we still have yet to see, I know the borders are beginning to open up, but I'm, I'm really hoping to be able to come up to, especially British Columbia to do, um, an in-person event and not sure yet whether that'll be, you know, maybe Vancouver, maybe Victoria, we're not sure, but, um, my fingers are crossed for that. You know, that if you come to the Island, I will find you. <laughs> 
and I will be there. You know, this is, I mean, we didn't share the story of how we first met, but it was, you were doing a book tour for your first book in Toronto. And I lived in the suburbs and I never drove downtown and I didn't know where I was going. And it took me like two hours and I got lost and I showed up really late, but I still went in because I was like, I have to meet Steph. And I snuck in the back and she, you know, the event's almost over, but I will make the effort to find you wherever you are. If that does happen, because listening to you read your book, your own book, just mm-hmm. being in your presence is, it, it just makes me smile. I love getting your newsletter. I should mention that if, you know, when people are on your website, please, please um, get on her whenever she wants to send out her newsletter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's always a treat though. When it shows up in my inbox, I get so excited because yeah. um, it reminds me of just how much I love your writing and how much I love you. Okay. So I love, um, we talked a lot about gratitude in the way, you know, it's like weaved into your life today. If you could share one little thing that you do, that's maybe a practice around gratitude or even about being mindful that's in your own life, what mm. would that be? Oh, I think that there's a couple, um, you know, I, they, they change a little bit here and there, but one thing I've been doing recently, because, you know, when you get close to book launch and especially a book that's so personal in nature, you know, there's still a lot of grief and, you know, to move, to move through all of this. And so I've often found I've have to kind of ground and calm. And so there's a few things, this, this might sound silly, but I've been, there's a, there's a kind of a big window near our, our dining room table. And I've been playing cards on the dining room table, just looking out at nature and just, just doing something that's like calm and methodical, like solitaire or whatever. And it's not on a screen and I get to look up, you know, whenever I want. And there's nature kind of reflected back to me. I don't know. There's something about that lately. That's been lovely and amazing. And I, I think there's just moments, I don't know whether it's weaving in gratitude, but there's just, there's moments of intentionality, you know, before I get on calls like this, there's a candle lit. Um, I often do, you know, walk barefoot outside in the, you know, wood chips and just kind of ground that type of thing. Um, the good thing about having two dogs is, is that there's always walks and there's always nature involved. So that's, you know, a really, really, really important part of my life. Um, but there's, there's touch points of intentionality that, um, that are just really important markers in my life. Yeah. Oh, Steph, thank you. Thank you for showing up for us in this way, for just allowing me to have this wonderful conversation with you. I am so excited for your book to be live, to get it into the hands of so many people to experience this story for with you and, you know, to help you know, support you during this process. I mean, you're in this right now as well. You're, you know, this is a still happening thing, right? And your grief is still, you know, happening. Your mom is still here as of this recording. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. We're here with you. Thank you. So um, please, please get yourself a copy of her book um, through her website, support your indie bookshop if you can. But if, if that is price prohibitive, please just get your hands on the book in whatever way that you can. Thank you so much, Steph. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast. So you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. 
You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.